Happy New Year, Gaggle listeners. We are back with a new year and a new political landscape for 2022. With midterm elections this fall, a Senate seat up for grabs, and questions surrounding Governor Doug Ducey's life after governorship, this year is lining up to be another busy one. The Gaggle is a podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on Arizona's political news. I'm Ron Hansen, national politics reporter for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, also a national politics reporter for the Republic. In this episode, we're looking into the future on what some of the big political stories of the year are shaping up to be. You'll be hearing from the reporters on the beat, as well as some analysis from us. Let's get started. cycle in a row, Republicans and Democrats in Arizona are vying for a U.S. Senate seat. Once again, John McCain's old seat is up for grabs. It's currently held by Democratic Senator Mark Kelly, who was the fourth person to occupy McCain's old seat this term. McCain died while in office in 2018. Former Senator John Kyle was then appointed to the seat. When he retired a second time from the chamber, Governor Doug Ducey appointed Martha McSally. She served until 2020 when Mark Kelly was sworn into office. Kelly faces no primary challengers. The Republican field is crowded with contenders. One of them is Mark Burnovich, the Republican attorney general. He seems like the candidate who would be the front runner in many election cycles in the past, but he has struggled to forge a dominant political persona this time. He has challenged federal vaccine mandates and sought to help topple the Affordable Care Act. He called the Biden administration's border management a failure on Sean Hannity's Fox program. Our cities are more dangerous as a result of the failed Biden administration's policies, and it's one of the reasons why I've been battling in the courtroom, and whether it's suing over the failure to build the wall or deport those with criminal records, the Biden administration is making America more dangerous. But so far, at least, Brnovich has not seemed to impress former President Donald Trump largely because Brnovich initially defended the 2020 election in Arizona. Trump has publicly urged Brnovich to use last year's ballot review as the roadmap to root out the widespread fraud Trump claims, though there is no evidence of it. For his part, Brnovich, who would no doubt like Trump's endorsement in the Senate race, has launched an investigation through the Attorney General's office to look into the 2020 election. All the other Republican candidates seem to want Trump support, too. Next up is Jim Lehman. He's a staunch Trump supporter. He's the founder and former chairman of Depcom Power, a solar company. Lehman helped pay for at least some of the security costs for the 2020 review of Maricopa County's ballots. He has spent big to try to catch Trump's eye, but so far has not received the endorsement. Among Lehman's promises are improving worker wages and making inroads for affordable, renewable energy. Lehman is also calling for the completion of Trump's border wall. Blake Masters, a tech investor whose candidacy is buttressed with at least $10 million from his billionaire friend and venture capitalist Peter Thiel, may be the frontrunner in the GOP field entering 2022. He's a first-time candidate who has used social media to help cast himself as a candid and sometimes provocative conservative. 
He's overseen Teal Capital and the Teal Foundation, both of which promote tech innovation and opportunities. Teal is close to Donald Trump. Masters told the Arizona Republic last year that his campaign benefits from the youthfulness and freshness that he brings. Republican donors seem to really like him. Michael Mick McGuire previously served as the Adjutant General of the Arizona National Guard and helped lead Arizona's pandemic response under Governor Ducey. Among his promises, McGuire's campaign website lists vague campaign policies such as promoting advanced American exceptionalism and securing the border, which he describes as finishing the wall and providing resources to border agents to stop the flood of drugs and illegal crossings. There's also Arizona Corporation Commissioner Justin Olson, a former state legislator and failed congressional candidate. Olson wants to decrease the size, scope, and reach of the federal government. He also states that as a senator, I will fight relentlessly for secure borders, the right to life, and the Second Amendment. As a senator, he said he would vote to appoint conservative judges, fight technology companies he views as unfriendly to conservatives, and keep critical race theory out of schools. While Republicans have no shortage of choices, there's still a sense they haven't found the right person to challenge Kelly, who again figures to be among the most well-funded candidates running for the Senate. That explains why Governor Doug Ducey remains a potential dark horse candidate, capable of entering the campaign relatively late and getting his campaign apparatus up and going and potentially winning a plurality of votes in a crowded field. The two-term conservative heads the Republican Governors Association, but his decision to certify the state's election results in 2020 guarantee he would have to run against Trump's wishes. It's unclear if he's going to get in the race or not. He still tries to deflect questions about the possibility that he could run. He tries to talk in the present tense by saying, I am not running for the U.S. Senate. We all know that. Ducey's experience and his access to big donors suggest that he will be one to watch in 2022, influencing races here and elsewhere, especially in red and purple states. Okay, Yvonne, this is nothing new for Arizona. We have been here and done this several times now. Uh, Once again, Arizona has a Senate race that will have a lot of interest across the country. What is different this time compared to some of the previous races that we've seen in terms of either issues or the personalities who may be in this race? The biggest difference this go around is that Joe Biden is president. He's unpopular, and those numbers in his popularity could drag down other Democrats who are going to be on the ballot, including Mark Kelly. And it's something that race watchers in Washington, here in Arizona, and regionally are really going to be watching closely, especially as the primary inches closer. Voters are really concerned this year about inflation. It's a real life pocketbook issue that is affecting whether or not people can leave town for the holidays, whether or not they're going to be able to take summer vacations, whether or not they can afford groceries, rent, gas. Um, So I think that's definitely going to be very present in people's minds along with COVID. I mean, this thing is obviously still not over. Kids are not safely back in school. Not everyone is vaccinated. There's a huge messaging effort that is still underway and has yet to completely take hold. 
uh, with people who are going to remain unvaccinated. And that will continue to be a dominant issue, as we've seen with what Brnovich is doing with uh, the power of the attorney general's office and some of these vaccine mandate fights. There's a lot of other issues that folks are concerned about as well. Things like race relations, things like illegal immigration that will play very prominently uh, on the GOP side again. Republicans will parse through Mark Kelly's record on the issue to try to highlight where they may think he was hypocritical or perhaps uh, weak, as they like to call him, on the border. So that will be another issue that Arizonans will continue to hear about, especially ahead of the primary election on the Republican side. The other big thing that I'm going to be watching is whether or not Senator Kirsten Sinema, who is Mark Kelly's seatmate, will participate in helping him try to win this thing a second time. She did help him in 2020. Her numbers were very high back then. She um, has been pretty controversial over the last year. And, uh, you know, it's unclear as to whether or not at this point she's going to enter the fray uh, to try to help Mark Kelly out or if her participation could be a liability or could be helpful. So there's going to be a lot to watch. We'll be bringing you, I'm sure, practically nonstop coverage uh, starting here soon. So stay tuned. Now we're joined by the Arizona Republic state politics reporter, Stacey Barchinger. Stacey's been covering the race to replace Governor Doug Ducey later this year. Welcome back to the show, Stacey. Hello again. So Governor Ducey will be in the final months of his administration by November. He said recently that he's focusing on his current job, not running for higher office. How long do you think that answer is going to hold up? Um, <laughs> well, I think the governor is trying to figure out what his next steps are. Um, you know, there certainly were whispers about his presidential ambitions that were dashed, um, given a, a rift um, he had in certifying the 2020 election, um, a rift with President Trump. Uh, but there still is a pressure campaign coming from top Republicans in Washington urging him to make a bid for the Senate seat currently held by Democrat Mark Kelly. So you just alluded to this. Uh, the governor and former President Trump famously had a serious falling out. Uh, we remember the phone call that came in the midst of him certifying the election results. How does this affect any office he might want to run for in the future? I think it's something that he's going to have to deal with. I mean, he's very much an establishment Republican and the GOP contest to oppose Mark Kelly is already a very full race. You have some folks there that have embraced mega. And so Ducey would have to deal with that. I mean, in an atmosphere where Trump loyalty is still very much a factor, Ducey might not be the guy who can win a primary. So he also has his day job to deal with. And that means the legislature as we head into the 2022 session. What are his legislative goals heading into this next session, and, and do we have a sense of what that might look like? 
Yeah, so this will be his last session. Last year was a big year. He got his signature tax cut, although, of course, that's now being challenged. But he wants to protect his brand as a fiscal conservative and the legacy that he has established in his first seven years in office. Um, It's a little bit piecing together the few public statements that he has made, but we know a couple of things that he's going to be working on this session, election integrity and giving parents more say in what happens in their kids' classrooms are going to be issues that we'll see in the session. Very good. Well, Stacey, thanks as always for joining us on The Gaggle. Where can people find you on Twitter? Um, You can follow me at S. Barchinger. It's S-B-A-R-C-H-E-N-G-E-R. Turning now to a story that will affect most of the major political stories we see throughout the year is redistricting. In December, the Arizona Independent Redistricting Commission finalized new legislative and congressional maps that will be used for the next 10 years. This will shape who can win elections and ultimately determine party control over Arizona at the State House and in Congress in Washington. After a unanimous vote on a congressional mapping plan, it seems that Republicans are well positioned to have an upper hand on Democrats in the 2022 elections. And as the decade unfurls, Democrats could be in a position to make some longer term gains. But how that happens may be surprising to political observers. The key changes by the commission this time really revolve around two seats. One is the rural northeastern Arizona seat currently held by Democrat Tom O'Halloran and a suburban seat currently held by David Schweikert, a Republican. What the commission did in O'Halloran's seat is turn that rural-leaning district more Republican as it has incorporated more of the western part of Arizona that has long been a conservative stronghold. This means that someone like Tom O'Halloran, a moderate Democrat, will find it a more challenging environment to win re-election as he goes into a cycle that is already leaning to the Republicans with President Joe Biden's sagging approval ratings. At the same time, the commission also created a more competitive, though still Republican-leaning district that is in the Scottsdale area that's currently held by Republican David Schweikert. This is a district that has already been drifting to the left and has been sort of the ground zero of Democrats' success in recent statewide elections. This is how, for example, Senator Kirsten Sinema won in 2018 and how Joe Biden carried the state in 2020 with some of the areas that will now be incorporated into David Schweikert's district. Again, in a Republican-leaning cycle, It may be that David Schweikert is able to hold on for another term, but in the longer run, Democrats are probably optimistic about their chances of eventually taking that seat when the political dynamics are more favorable for those running on the left. The balance of the maps, however, are relatively static. There are safe seats for people like, for example, Republicans Andy Biggs and Debbie Lesko, there are also safe seats for Democrats like Raul Grijalva and Ruben Gallego. Greg Stanton, a Democrat from Phoenix, will probably move over to a seat in the 
Tempe area, but still find himself in a place where he can probably win for future cycles. You'll also see that Paul Gosar will once again probably relocate himself to a more western outpost in northwestern Arizona and find himself quite at home in a very Republican-leaning district. One other change that's notable is the southeastern Arizona district that's currently held by Democrat Ann Kirkpatrick. She's retiring from Congress, and so that seat was always going to be up for grabs, but now the district as it stands will incorporate more of Pinal County, and that will make it more of a competitive district, and in a Republican-leaning year, that could be good news for Republicans who see their first chance to overtake Democrats in a corner of the state where they've really been washed out in recent cycles. Overall, the map could go from five to four favoring Democrats to a six to three Republican advantage after the 2022 elections. On the day the map was finalized, Commissioner Shireen Lerner, one of the two Democrats on the panel determining the new districts, complained that the map would now lean further to the political right, but the independent chair of the commission, Erica Newberg, ensured that she was overseeing a fair process. In some cases, competitiveness was put on the side from my perspective, where it could have been a little more considered in some areas, Commissioner Lerner said. This should never be about Republican and Democratic maps. It should be about what's good for the state. Newberg insisted, however, that the maps were drawn in a way that was fair to all, and it is notable that those congressional maps were unanimously adopted in the end. The state's legislative maps still figure to favor Republicans, again, especially in a Republican-leaning year. These are the maps that will be used for the first time in November. Follow our coverage throughout the year as we'll give you a sense of how each of those new districts will be unfolding. That's it for this episode, Gaggle listeners. These stories are just a small sampling of the stories that we'll be following this year. Special thanks to Stacey Barchinger for joining us today. This week's episode was edited and produced by Amanda Luberto and Kaylee Monahan. And I'm your Gaggle co-host and national politics reporter for the Arizona Republic, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. You can follow me on Twitter at Yvonne Winget. And I'm Ron Hansen, also co-host and national politics reporter. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Please share the gaggle with a friend and make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll be with you next week with more Arizona political news. 